baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in. Sports Talk 97.7, Terry Walter, Jamie Fox, the first edition of The Edge 2018. So glad you're being part, making us part of your morning. Terry Walter, Jamie Fox, Tabor running the shows of the show A Death here. We're brought to you by always the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, simply the best pet care you're going to get, folks. Go see them on US 165 North in Monroe, just up from Brookshire, just north of Brookshire Shopping Center. Just south of Bootleggers. Just south of Bootleggers. See, that, that gives you a point of reference. Mm-hmm. I reference Brookshire's, you reference the alcohol store. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, well, I think that, that pretty much gives everybody a, a good frame of reference. It's in the epicenter of both of those. And, and north uh, of the Triple X Porno Mart. Uh, that's, that's quite a bit further than that. So if you're, if you're there, you're still got to get another good five miles. Yeah. But, What's uh, to say you stop at Brookshire's, you pick up a few things, you go by the Triple X bar, then you take your pet out there. Well, you got to hit bootleggers. Yeah, hit bootleggers on the way back. Yeah, oh, well, actually, uh, what a river! They're, they're paying everybody and their brother not to coach you. Money is not an issue. Well, then let's put a little money toward finding a kicker because when you miss a twenty-two and a thirty-seven, well, they signed the division. They, they signed the kid that's a graduate transfer, probably the best one in the country. Let's start right there. And that's, that's where I think the problem is here, roster management. Or lack thereof. Lack thereof. There you go. Fair enough. Let's look at, let's look at Alabama, okay, who's in the national championship. And we'll give a little history between the – Andy, you're going to be very – I'm going to attempt his last name. I will tell you he's an Alabama legacy, but it didn't start at Alabama. Andy Papanatas, okay, the kicker for – that's the best I could do. I'm sorry. I haven't had enough to drink yet. Sounds like a Greek restaurant. Uh, I think they are. Uh, and he started – walked on at Ole Miss uh, – Got stayed there two or three years, transferred to Alabama, walked on at Alabama, so he's not on scholarship, not caught countered against this year's numbers. And uh, they signed a kid named Joseph Bullivis for Mandeville. He's being gray-shirted, so he's counts on next year's numbers. What does LSU do? And this goes back to our good friend Les, who I love and adore like we all do, but Les was a threat to sign a kicker every year like most coaches sign quarterbacks or long snappers. That's fine to a point. But you had Cameron Gamble, who didn't coach, who was on scholarship. You had Connor Culp on scholarship. That's two. You had Josh Groden on scholarship as a punter from Australia. That's three. And guess what? Groden isn't punting. Zach Van Rosenberg, a walk-on, took his place. You've got... Connor Culp, who can't hit the bright, bright, uh, broad side of a barn with a bass fiddle, he, even though he came out of high school as a highly recruited kicker. So you bring in one guy, and then you don't do your homework on him because you think when you sign Cole Tracy, who may be the second coming, and we don't know this, he's counting against this year's numbers, so you've, you've squandered a scholarship that you needed somewhere else because someone in the football department didn't do their research and check with the NCAA before. Not saying... This guy may win a national championship for LSU. I don't know. That just goes to show you, and in Alabama, what do they do? They bring in a walk-on. Who, he's not costing them a scholarship. Maybe he put him on for one year, but I don't know. But 
they've got a fullback. I mean, a two hundred, three hundred pound guy catching things out of the back, and we can't run it in from the two. We can't kick it from twenty two yards out. I mean, not all this fault. You don't put guys. I mean, these things have been. I know we're rehashing a lot of what's been said already, but, but, what's the answer? You you know, ultimately somebody's accountable, and as the head coach, you are accountable. I'm sorry, he's going to be Nick Saban. And if, if Alabama has a flaw, their kicking game has never been very good. That's the biggest issue you've. Well, I would say over not, the years, not punting the last four years. Our field goal kickers. How field many times have they lost to Auburn because they don't have a field goal kicker? A bunch. Well, they had a guy kicked it deep one time and took it back 106 yards against him. I don't know. Yeah, right the to the point where, where he missed it. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he missed it. He missed the 50-something yard field goal and the guy ran it. But Alabama has a history of that. Uh, and, and that's, again, as a head coach, you make determinations on who you're going to scholarship, who you're not. Uh, ultimately, you're accountable as the head coach. You know, look, fourth and goal or whatever it was on the one-yard line, the head coach makes the call. The coordinators don't. You're the head coach. You make the call. Now, the coordinator might call the play, or maybe not. I don't know. But the head coach says, hey, we're going for this or we're kicking a field goal. Well, Same thing with Lincoln Riley in, in Oklahoma. Your coach makes that call. The head coach makes that call, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, you don't, you don't hear so much people talking about how you know Oklahoma blew that big lead. As I'm going to talk about it. Okay, we'll talk about that. We'll see what happened there. But I think, I think what has LSU, let's just be honest. Let's just have a... Uh, what what scares LSU the most is, and it makes it worse because the guy that used to coach your team that gave you that stability is coaching one of your biggest rivals. And so, when let's be honest, I think with Ed, everybody's been hopeful, but there wasn't a degree of comfort when Orgeron was hired. He came in with, "We're going to give every you know this." I think, who knows? I mean, I would. He's damn lucky he didn't lose Dave Aranda to Texas A&M. He's Maybe Aranda feels like, well, I'm, hell, I may be the head coach if I hang around here long enough. Uh, he may know. be the head coach at Arizona before the week is over. I didn't even think about that. That's a possibility. I think Sumlin's going to get it. Yeah, I want to get into that. Yeah. I think Sumlin will, too. Uh, possibly even, I've even heard Butch Jones, but I think it'll be Kevin. I'd go Sumlin or Aranda, I'd, I'd, or Kiffin. I'd go one of those three. Yeah, I didn't think Kiffin. And uh, Kevo seems to think that, uh, uh, that Lane Kiffin's going to be the next coach at LSU. I don't know. Uh, I would, I would, I think I, everybody would be happy there except the boosters, husbands, and, and the wives would be ecstatic. If they win enough games, the boosters will be happy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> apparently, after I don't. Let's, but honestly, before the season, particularly when these linemen started falling like flies, I didn't think eight and four, eight and three was achievable, or nine and three. I didn't think. I thought eight would be the absolute ceiling. Everybody says, "Oh, we got to." LSU fans, you got better talent than Kentuckys and places like that, but you don't necessarily have better talent than even A and M, who you've beaten. You don't necessarily have you don't have better talent than Georgia. Alabama. You freaking have a hell of a lot less talent than Georgia. So is everybody. They play Georgia next year, don't they? They play Georgia. They replace Tennessee with Georgia. Oh, dude, that's a great they one. They play Florida again in the dump. They open with Miami. Uh, it's just going to be. Ooh, you know, the buzzers are going to be circling, Jamie. Is Ochoa going to be the next guy they pay not to coach? And that's that's not going to help. We're still paying Damian Craig, Les Miles, Johnny Jones, uh, uh, Cam Cameron, right? They're all uh, Dave. They're going to play uh, Canada now. I mean, how many people? I think you and I and Tabor are the only ones they're not paying not to coach LSU football. So I wonder, and the one I wish they weren't paying right now is Joe Oliva. But uh, you can say what you want, but there was again, 
you can say roster mismanagement. Some of it started under left. I mean, the linemen that fell. I mean, they lost Willie Allen, the, the kid that went to Southeastern Tiahuma. Uh, you know, you had a number of transfers. You got Seth Stewart came in, your, your kid from what day. He didn't. So there were five missing key offensive linemen. At least four of those five were key coming into the season. I think the season as a whole was a wonderful success. I really do because I didn't see nine wins in this bunch at all. Okay, let's let's call it like let's call it like it is, Jamie. The defensive line, but they played better than I thought that they would. Now they beat. If you look at all the teams that they beat, basically everybody they beat, they fired the coach in the SEC. You think about it. They got skull drug by Mississippi State. Mullins goes to Florida. They beat Florida when they actually had a field goal kicker and kicked two field goals in a game that they easily could have lost, but they beat Florida by one. And that guy's going pro. And I thought Florida was the better team that night, and Florida was a dumpster fire. We just didn't know how big a fire it was yet. They beat a a, a Tennessee team that didn't have a coach. They beat a Texas A&M team that didn't have a coach. They beat an Arkansas team that didn't have – I mean, do we go on and on and on? They won the games, fair enough. But let me ask you a question. If you had to grade LSU football today as opposed to last year, if you had to give them a grade – do you think they've considerably went up, down, or stayed the same? Well, I mean, most fans are going to say C or B minus at the best, probably a C, C plus. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what everybody keeps saying. What's changed? What's changed? Well, you know, I think you won with a marginally talented, marginally to decent talented roster. I think you were doing fine until you got involved and screwed up, you know, in the Troy game. I think if that had not been in the equation. Uh, they were lucky to beat Florida. Uh, Panero's going pros. That goes to you. You miss an extra point, you go pro. Uh, that cost your team a game. Um, again, there's 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 questions everywhere. But you know, again, you got kids on scholarship who, and I, I'm not anti kicker, believe me. But you got kids on scholarship who probably shouldn't be in the specialty department. You, you're taking up, you know, precious scholarships where the offensive line. I know you can't have, have, you know, maybe you can't control some of that, but as you said back in the summer when this Tia Huma kid, who's now going pro too, by the way, you said that's a coach's fault. Yes. That's a coach's fault. No, that's your head coach's fault. Let your it head, happen. Yep. You cannot let that happen. You cannot let that happen. You cannot let kids, you know. Uh, Flunk out of LSU. Yeah. Now, Sorry, people. You know, <laughs> I think Arden Key is not ready, but he apparently checked out before the game. Uh, Geis was checked on the sidelines for reasons, you know, I, I don't know. But obviously if you could get those two guys back, you could get some kind of stabilization. Your chances of winning next year go up exponentially. Who's your quarterback? That's a good question, too, because <laughs> the one you wanted, let's just say, and you've had like 12 or 15 kids transfer out, okay? I disagree with the people that say LSU does not recruit quarterbacks. They recruit them. Development has been a different issue. That's why you bring in a Matt Canada. That's why if you're smart, you find a way to bring in Hugh Freeze. You still got two openings on that on that staff at least. You find a way, let Canada coach the damn offense, let Hugh Freeze tutor the quarterbacks, get the hell out of the way. That's what Canada's what, gone. That, that, that's, well, a, that's a foregone then, conclusion. Then you better have somebody really good like the Hugh Freeze. Well, you've got a month. Well, I mean, what, finish this equation, Jamie Fox. LSU last year fired less miles, what, three games into the season? Was it three games uh, in, four games in, whatever it was? Yeah. yeah. So you had literally three and a half months to get somebody in place, and, you didn't. and they sold us on Orgeron. Oh, he was the, the guy the whole time. 
Okay, fair enough. Why do you sell it? Well, we got the two greatest coordinators in the history of history. Great. Now, all of a sudden, you're not going to have one of those guys, so what are you going to sell us on now? Well, I mean, you, you, you got to sell. So all these kids that came here to play under the magical Matt Canada offense, you're going to replace them with – you better have a name guy uh, because it's recruiting. Look, when Saban – and this is, and I want to get into this one here in the next segment. And we're going to take a break here just after this point. All right. When the defensive lineman scored the touchdown for Alabama the other night. The wrong thing. Okay. Yeah. When they threw it to him. You understand what that was? That was recruiting, Jamie. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Hey, look. We reward our guy. He intercepted the ball. We're going to showcase that guy. Uh, Refrigerator Perry throwback stuff. We're going to have that guy score a touchdown because we care that much about our lineman. So everybody in the country saw that. It was brilliant on Nick Saban's part. That was 100% recruiting on the most illegal pick play you could get. But nonetheless, wasn't called. Touchdown. Tide rolls on. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waller, Jamie Fox, John Tabor running the board. This segment brought to you by our friends at Spawnavale. Pamper the special people in your life, folks. Hook them up with a spa package from Spawnavale. Lammy Lane, Monroe, 318-807-1060. Spawnavale, Monroe, The Edge, back in a minute. If you could talk to your animal when they say, they're telling you to take me to North Monroe Animal Hospital, listen closely, and you'll hear what Dr. David Weber hears. That's a thank you for taking me to North Monroe Animal Hospital. For your animal's health care, call Dr. David Weber at North Monroe Animal Hospital, 345-4545. No animal too small or too large. Well, you better call Dr. Weber first on that one. 345-4545. It was a tough time. I didn't know what to do. You gave me hope. You fought for me. You treated me like family. Now we say thanks. It's good to know we can count on Bobby. I'm attorney Bobby Manning. If you've been involved in an accident, Don't delay. Call me today. Attorney Bobby Manning, office in Monroe. Call 324-1411. Make plans now to attend the 43rd annual O'Reilly's Auto Parts World of Wheels Custom Car Show. January 5th, 6th, and 7th at the Shreveport Convention Center. Part of the Summit Racing Show Car Series. It's Louisiana's largest indoor custom car show. See the coolest custom cars, trucks, and bikes, and hottest TV and movie stars. Come get up close and personal with some of your favorite characters from Star Wars. You can even have your picture taken in the Batmobile. And pick out your next new car from the new car display. For kids, there will be face painting, a bounce house, and they can meet SpongeBob and Bob the Minion. Admission for kids, just $6. Kids under six, free. All this and more at the O'Reilly's Auto Parts World of Wheels. January 5th, 6th, and 7th at the Shreveport Convention Center. Get discount tickets at all O'Reilly's Auto Parts stores. For more information, go to ShreveportWorldOfWheels.com. How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's the edge with Terry Waldrop. And welcome back in. Sports Talk 97.7, the edge, the first edition here. 
in January 2018. Where have the last 20 years gone? I'm not really sure. Uh, at any rate, a couple texts, 888 888-993-7762, 888-993-7762, Washington Valley Federal Credit Union. Text line, Russell, uh, talking about LSU, what has changed but the name? They implemented a confusing offense, and now you have a new quarterback in 2018. Still got to get acclimated to the offense. Head coach is an egocentric. Uh, he is an egocentric, absolutely. Uh, must be good to get a college, to coach college. You can suck and still get another job for $4 million. Uh, Tyler, appreciate that. We missed y'all a little. Richie sends us Happy New Year. Uh, several other text messages out there. Uh, I, I do want to get into to this part of it, Jamie. And I want to talk Oklahoma, Georgia, which actually is one of the better football games that I have watched in a long time. Awesome game. Uh, yeah. How about that with uh, Georgia? And Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, air raid guy. Mike Leach, Hal Mummy, coaching tree. All right, that's my phone, clicking on and off. Uh, Hal Mummy, coaching tree, right? Air raid, averaging almost 600 yards a game. But the doors are on, seeing if he can come on the air with them. They have how many games before? I mean, they average 45 points a game. And before everybody starts going, hey, hey, it's just the Big 12, Walter, but it's just it's big. Look, I know the Big 12 defense is not very good. I, I, I think we all get that. But you remember Oklahoma went into Ohio State and drilled Ohio State. Correct. So this is a legitimate football team, all right? I know their defense isn't real good. I, I, I get that, and I think they acknowledge that. You have the Heisman Trophy winner in Baker Mayfield, who I know everybody is half the people are butthurt because he's an immature kid. He grabs his crotch. He does stupid things like that. And that is all true. Baker Mayfield is the kid that if he's on your team, you love his passion. If he's on the team, you playing against him, you hate him and hope people break his legs. He's just that guy. End of the day, that joker wants to win. Give him the ball. So I'm watching the Georgia game. And so I tweeted out, hey, look, first half observations. Georgia being dominated at the line of scrimmage. They had no answer for Oklahoma. Uh, and I watch line of scrimmage a lot. Uh, Oklahoma had all the answers. They scored to go up 31-14. So they're still scoring against maybe one of the best defenses in college football. Yeah, but Georgia scored up 31 the first Yeah, they half. put up 31 the first half and had 300-something yards. Right. All right, so they're absolutely uh, killing them. They score to go up 31-14, and they're going to get the ball to start the second half. Inexplicably, and this this was, and I heard this from another source, and I checked it. It's true. Oklahoma has not given up a kickoff return for a touchdown in six plus years. Good special teams, unlike other schools south of here. Special teams. Inexplicably, they squib kick the ball. Yardage, field goal, all the momentum that Oklahoma had gets transferred to Georgia because now they're just down two scores. It's 31-17 at halftime. All the momentum gone. Instead of kicking them all deep, trust in your guys, right? Trust your, your team to go make a play and get out of the half. And, I, I, and look, I know it's second-guessing. We all do that. I get that. Walter, if you're just second, it's easy to do that after the fact. It's true. It is. But if you look at how this game unfolded, Jamie, 
And all hats off to Georgia. All right? All, all due respect, Oklahoma was a better football team. Oklahoma lost that game. Georgia stayed in position. Georgia played with a swagger in the second half of an underdog, but a confident underdog. They just kept chipping away. Kept chipping away. Oklahoma, to me, it was like boxing. Oklahoma is clearly the better boxer. But they start playing more defense than offense. Oklahoma's trying to block punches, and they quit throwing punches. Well, you brought up a really good point at the beginning of your, your statement there. One of the telltale stats of the second half was that Oklahoma started most of their drives somewhere between the 12 and the 18. The second half, Georgia's starting position was somewhere between the 40 and 45, of their own 40 and 45. Oklahoma, their own yeah. 12 to 18. Summarized by you by you making the statement, why you squib the second half and give them basically the, the ball almost at midfield. It's a lot easier to score from 50 yards out than it is from 85. Well, they started playing not to lose. And, and that's, and look, I've done that as a coach. We've all done that. I started playing run the stupid clock. How can we win this game and not, uh, you know, and, they, and it's easy to say that. Here's the thing that, that befuddled me. They get into overtime, and it's always good to have the other team get the ball. And the second best thing that happened to, could happen to Oklahoma did. The best thing is you either turn them over or get them forward out. Second best thing is to make them kick a field goal. So here we go. You're Oklahoma. You've driven the ball up and down the field all day long. You've got the Heisman Trophy winner who's playing at a Heisman Trophy level. All right? He's a run-pass threat. He made one mistake all night where he overthrew the kid. But this kid wants to win. He's into it. You run three running plays. Call timeout. If you win, if you score a touchdown here, you go to the national championship. And I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't really pulling for either one of them. I would have preferred a Baker-Mayfield-Alabama matchup, to be honest. No, that's I, the one I, was I, I thought that would be intriguing. Right. Right. So you call timeout after three bizarre running plays, actually, to talk about it. It's fourth and less than one. You have arguably one of the top offensive lines in America, uh, Alabama's is probably the best. Talking to my boy Scott Lee this morning, he thought Notre Dame's was really good as well. But certainly, certainly, Oklahoma's is up there. You have a superior offensive line, and although the Georgia defensive line played well, I think you got to do that. You call a timeout to think about it, and you come back and you kick a field goal, one of which had already been blocked. And you're saying, okay, we have the best offense in the country. Our defense is bad, and we know it. Yeah, we're going to play defense again. Really? I, I don't get that. I, I don't. I mean, you're playing to win the game in a good – and, look, it's easy to second-guess people, Jamie. I get that. We could all do that. We could all say Orgeron should have went for it on, um, you know, on fourth down and or on the one yard. And, you know, we, we all think you're, if, if he hadn't, he'd have been vilified. Uh, but here, I think it was just – it was bizarre that you had Lincoln Riley, air raid disciple, riverboat gambler, grew up with that stuff. They go is I mean, Les Miles is saying, man, that's really conservative. That, that's a really conservative play. You kick the field goal and put your defense back out there. Georgia's defense was tired, too. The difference in the, in the defense for Georgia, Georgia had some substitutes. Oklahoma did not. So you put your gashed defense, gassed, gashed defense, 
back out on the field. Oklahoma comes back, and they put uh, back-to-back field goals up there. You're Oklahoma. You put back-to-back field goals, Georgia comes back, the kid breaks it around the end, touchdown, ball game. Georgia played with an SEC confidence that Oklahoma did not play with. Oklahoma, in my opinion, Oklahoma started playing not to lose. They never could get that mindset out. And I think that's what bit them. And I think as they go forward, right now, i got a bunch of my friends, you know, they haven't spent a lot of time. I know they're sick. I'm sure they are. But because you had, you know, you yeah, may never, true. look, Jamie, you may never have that combination again of the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, a phenomenal offense, a defense that's okay. At best, they're okay. You got a chance to win that game. You should have won that game. And, all, and look, before I start getting hammered on the Georgia people, all hats off to Georgia. Georgia just kept playing. And at the end of the game, hey, look, I bet we're in the game. We're going to win. I think Oklahoma, by going so conservative, you know, if I told you at the first of the year, if I told you any football team in America, you got fourth and less than a yard, you got a superior offensive line, you got the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, uh, do you kick a field goal and go to the second overtime, or do you go for it and try to win the game to go to the national championship? Well, you've got. Two factors working. I mean, let's take the premise, though. Let's, let's start with the idea that, hey, Lincoln Riley's maybe one of the youngest head coaches in college football, and he got his team to the to the playoffs. Tremendous. With, granted, you know, I don't think Baker Mayfield's a second coming, but he's, he's very, very good. Uh, what does Alabama have that Oklahoma does not? Defense? Well, a few things. More depth. Number two is you got Jalen Hurts, who is not as good a quarterback throwing the ball as Baker Mayfield is. But what is out? What what can you count on Jalen Hurts to get you every time when you're facing third and at least eight? You can count on him to use his legs to get you a first down. You have Baker Mayfield, who has arguably as good a mobility is not more than Jalen Hurts with the you know they never they never really tried to throw the ball late. That last drive I think was indicative where you didn't let the guy use his arm, and if things break down, his legs. You well, you took the ball out of his hands. You took you did, and it's I, like Guy standing over there on the sideline toward the end of the game with LSU. Yeah, and I think you know you you said it bad. I mean, you, you the things that put you in that position to be up thirty one seven was it thirty one fourteen? Yeah, before the kick field goal. Before the field goal. Yeah, I mean. You're up at that point, and I think it's 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 epitomized in the the, the way that the second half started with this squib kick. All of a sudden, you're going. That was the end of the first half, Jamie. In the first, yeah, yeah I, and then they got three and out to get the ball to start the second half. Right. So you're playing from again. You're playing not to win. You don't. Uh, I mean, you let the guy continue if he's the best player, which he was, obviously in college football. Then you let him beat you with his. You know, you, you continue to not take the ball out of his hands. As you called it, a four. They went to four corners, and guess what? There was way too much time left on the clock. And we've all done that. I, I turned it. I turned it off for a while, to be honest with you. And the next thing I know, it's thirty-one off. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. I learned my lesson in the Super Bowl. My buddy Tom Snell had a Super Bowl party. I left when it was twenty-eight to three. Ah, it's over. Came home, messed around a little bit, uh, did something. Ah, let me see what the Super Bowl scored. I cut it on just as Brady and them were tied the freaking game. Never again, my friend. Never, Never again. again. Well, uh, we'll get into some more of this stuff. I want to get into a deeper thing with LSU when we come back. 
Uh, is there any reason for LSU fans to have any confidence in the overall operation at LSU, from the president to the AD to the football program? Is there any reason for optimism? Uh, I'm going to throw you an interesting viewpoint out there. You're listening to the Edge, Sports Talk 97.7, Jerry Walter, Jamie Fox. This thing brought to you by Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney law, tremendous local attorney, specializing in criminal defense, wrongful death, personal injury, whatever you need, Bobby is there for you. Ring him up today, 318-324-1411. Bobby Manning, attorney law. Back over Mentola, Edge. Broken windows are bad enough. A car that's baking inside from the summer sun is even worse. Magic Glass and Tent can handle both these problems. From one-day service on replacing your windshield, to repairing power windows, to professional window tinting for your car, home, or business, Magic Glass does it all. They also carry a full line of accessories for your car or truck. Magic Glass and Tent, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Give them a call at 330-9988. Washtenaw Valley, making good things happen. You want a credit union that works as hard as you do. You want the very best people looking out for you. Washtenaw Valley, making good things happen. 39,000 hungry people are fed annually through the Food Bank of Northeast Louisiana, and the need for food is reaching an all-time high. This is Lum Farr with the Union Parish Chamber of Commerce asking you to help fight hunger by contributing to the Food Bank. There are several ways you can help. Visit fbnela.org to find out more or call 322-3567. Thank you. On a big truck's journey, the driver faces long hours, unrealistic deadlines, and fatigue. Driver fatigue could lead to devastating accidents, leaving people seriously injured or killed. A big truck wreck requires serious legal help. I'm attorney Bobby Manning. If you've been involved in a wreck with a big truck, I know what to do for you. Don't delay. Call me today. Attorney Bobby Manning, office in Monroe. Call 324-1411. Living on the Edge makes weekdays more fun, especially when you're doing it with Terry Waldrop. And welcome back in. Sports Talk 97.7, Terry Waldrop, Jamie Foxx. Uh, this segment brought to you by our friends at Powerworks Gourmet Pizza by Design. See them on Tower Drive next to yes. in Monroe. Good pizza. All right. Good pizza. Uh, I'm going to offend some people here. I don't care. I don't, I, do really, I don't really care. I do that daily anyway. I just want you to think if uh, – put some thought into this. And I'm talking to the LSU diehards. And let me preface this by saying I grew up every Saturday night when I was a kid. My dad would crank the radio on. John Ferguson. And listen to LSU. Sure. We all, a lot of us did. All right. There were two things that stand out in my, in my childhood about me and my dad listening to – and my dad since passed away a long time ago. But two, two events stand out in my life. Uh, one television, one radio. Uh, the first one was the LSU Ole Miss game when Burt Jones hit Brad Davis in the corner of the end zone. That was the infamous two plays in four seconds. I have a little aside there. 
Uh, Brad Davis rented my uncle's off dental office. His first dental office in Opelousas was by my uncle Jim Mitchell's. Really? Yep. We cool. sold it to Brad. Burt Bur- Jones to Brad yeah. Davis. Corner of the end zone. LSU beats Ole Miss 17-16. Uh, my dad, I've never seen him that happy, jumping up and down and dancing. And my dad was a very reserved guy, which really like, wow, my dad's happy. Uh, the second time was uh, when I was seven years old when the United States was cheated out of the United States, uh, out of the Russia Olympic basketball, uh, when they gave Russia three different times uh, at the end of the game to win it. And I heard language come from my dad that I'd never heard before. He invented and, some of the customers and, we and, know. And, and I'm thinking, man, my dad is really upset. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but both ends of the spectrum. But, you know, you go back and, and you, you see that. But I always had confidence in LSU. Oh, you always did. And now you're, you're just wondering – uh, and, and granted, I watched some of the highlights of the game. I listened to the game on the radio. I didn't get to see it. I was traveling. Uh, but I've seen a lot of the highlights, read a lot of the articles, talked to a lot of people, talked to a lot of my football buddies. Um, LSU and Notre Dame, and everybody's going to make a big deal out of should he went forward on fourth and, or, you know, on the, on the one foot line where they've been stopped before. Here's the thing I'll tell you on that. And, and you know, Ed Orgeron gets paid a whole lot of money to make that decision. All right, if he goes for it and they score, he's a genius. He's a riverboat gambler. Look at him. If he doesn't, he's the idiot that should have kicked the field goal to win the game. All right, it goes with the territory. I'm not going to talk about that because that's that, that's water under the bridge. Hindsight's always 20-20. You know, LSU, I will tell you this, LSU has made a career the last well, since the Saban era of having lethargic, if not predictable, offenses and they win with defense. All right, the national championship game against Oklahoma, they won that with defense. Our defense will win the game. Nobody thought, as good as the LSU secondary was, they're going to give up a bizarre play for Notre Dame, for the kid one-hands it in there, and and, and, and then they go score. And then the offense was, uh, was impotent at best when they came back out on the field because that game just changed on that. Point being, you let people hang around, sometimes they can beat you. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about uh, the fear. Do you know how bad it had to be for Orgeron to send that field goal kicker out there? I mean, they had literally nobody. They could put an ad on Craigslist and get a field goal kicker. It looked ugly when it went through. The, the ball is an inch away from the goal line. All right? Um, I don't know. And so if you look at Matt Canada, the debacle there, that's been a very poorly played out deal. My guess is Orgeron was forced to keep him through the bowl game. I don't know the inside of that story. Apparently Canada's difficult to get along with. And look, in Orgeron, as a head coach, I'll tell you this. As the head coach, uh, you don't need to be interviewing my coordinators. You need to be interviewing me. I run the ship. Not the assistant coaches, not the coordinators. And I guarantee you, now that's what gets Ed Orgeron the job, Jamie. They sold all the fan base. Oh, we got the two greatest. I know the head coach is not a sexy hire. He's a good guy. He has a Cajun accent. He's from Louisiana. But, but we have the two greatest coordinators in the history of football. That was what was sold to the LSU fan base to spin the fact that Joe Oliva and King Alexander botched the head coaching search so bad that you're left with Ed Orgeron. No disrespect to Coach O. All right? But if I'd have told you going into two years ago, better yet, Jamie, <clears throat> How many jobs have been open this year? Primetime jobs. 20 to 20. Well, now 21. With Do you think anybody contacted Ed Orgeron about any of those jobs? No. No. Uh, so, 
I'll reasonably say LSU is a top five to ten job in America, I think, by anybody's standards. Uh, Ed Orgeron would not have been included in that two years ago in that list of people to potentially get the LSU job. Nonetheless, they sold us on it. And uh, so the, the sell was, hey, he's a great recruiter. He's a Cajun guy. Listen to him talk. He's, he's, he loves LSU, and, which is all true. But you got Canada and you got Aranda. Aranda was less miles higher. Aranda, obviously, defensively, uh, is a good guru. Good, very good defensive coach. Whether he'd be a great head coach, or uh, you don't know. Yeah. So they bring in Canada. Canada's beholden to Joe Oliva. That's who Canada's answering to. It ain't Ed Orgeron. As a head coach, that pisses you off. It does. It just does. And so there is a natural rift there. I'm sure Oliva didn't help it at all. And so Ed Orgeron at some point going, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, I'm the head coach here. What I say matters. And I don't blame Orgeron a bit in the world if this is what's going on. There's one voice these guys have to listen to. I'll listen to my coordinators. I'll let them do their stuff. But it's me. It's not the Matt Canada LSU offense. It's the LSU Tigers led by the head coach. And that's what, Jamie, that's the way it's got. Shared command. I'll go back to an old John Travolta movie. Shared command is never a good idea. And that's what LSU has sold us on, Joe Oliva has sold us on, to cover his tail. All right? Because they botched the coaching search. We all know that. Uh, the, the Canada offense in the Citrus Bowl was abysmal. It wasn't very good. Although I think they got about as much as you can get out of Danny Etley. And, and more power to him. That's a tough kid that I think played, if 100% is what he can get to, I think Danny Etling probably played at 95 most of the year. Just his ceiling was much lower than everybody else's. Yeah, he just he's he's hindered by just I mean he gave it his best shot. I don't put any of this this whole season or any of the problems on Danny Etlin's shoulders because you can't. You got the most. You say, well, we should have had. A, listen, you you, you got to play with the hands you're dealt with. Can I talk a little bit to your point about Orgeron and why? I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think this is what you saw in this whole coaching search was what insecurity, right? Not really sure. Orgeron knows going in he's at least the third choice because it, without Derek Kamansky putting that playbook together for him, that's what he Oh, God, him. that didn't get him the job. I'm not saying it. Stop it. I'm not, but that's what All it, the media guys, Jamie, are saying that. That's not what got him the job. I know that, but that's what they're saying, and he that's how the whole thing, what I'm saying, reeks of insecurity. Orgeron had to have some kind of thing. What what worked in his favor? Well, he knows he's going in at the, as a third choice because you're right. They whiffed on Fisher and Herman, so you go. You know, going in right now, you're not favored nation. You're you're stuck with you're Lane Kiffin, who, which I think is bad planning on his part, not a solid plan B in place. <clears throat> Knowing Lane Kiffin's past, he should have known better. Was you know you come up to Lane Kiffin takes him to the eleventh hour. And then bails and takes the FAU job. So your number one confidant that you were going to have on the offensive side of the ball is out of the picture. Canada, you know, look, you know, again, has teed off everybody but his grandmother, and she's dead. So, you know, you don't get necessarily favored nation person you want in that position. And now you've got, then you have the riff after the Troy game where they apparently get into it, perhaps in the locker room or whatever. Oliva has to come in and calm the waters. Then you hear all these wild stories about, and we've made fun of it, about Oliva watching film with Orgeron on Sunday. 
that adds more to every. So I think this is this whole game, this whole Notre Dame to me was a kind of a build up on everything that had gone on really throughout the season. So again, to go nine and three with all this upheaval, and I think that's what maybe at the end of the day that's what LSU fans are most. They don't feel secure. You had that with Nick Saban because you had a guy. Now you see Orgeron lashing out. So he's tired of it. He's going, I'm tired of this BS. I'm the head coach. Either fire me or, you know, I'm tired of it. His ego has come in, which you said they all have. And he's going, I'm tired of being second guest. I'm tired of being, and I'm the damn head coach and either fire me or whatever. Or leave me alone and let me coach. Or leave me alone and let me coach. And he's changing the deal. That wasn't the deal of leave. This right. was Joe Oliva smoking mirrors, Jamie. Joe Oliva. Now, let, let me just run this down this for you. This is why Joe Oliva and Les Miles didn't get along, though, because Les Miles for 11 years told him to go pound sand. Yes. And Les Miles was not beholden to Joe Oliva. And it finally caught up. It or Sean is. Look, this is. But Miles don't care. Let, let me explain to you how this works, okay? This is, and let me put this back in high school vernacular for you. This is uh, trying to get a prom date. And there are two really attractive girls you really want to go with to the prom. And, man, you work it. You got your angles you up. always come up with these analogies. And both of them tell you no. Okay. It is a day before the prom and you need a date. Texas fan, this should sound familiar to you. you got to have somebody that says yes. Anybody that says yes. So all of a sudden, instead of looking at the nines and the tens, you're trolling in the twos and the threes. Well, guess what? There's a bunch of threes that'll say yes. And so you cut a deal to go with a three, and now you're trying to explain to your friends who all have dates with nines and tens how the three is really, really, hey, I know she's a three, but she's got a really nice car and her family's rich. That, that's what you're selling right now. And you know what? It worked for a little while. But the fact is, I think Orgeron is tired of it. Joe Oliva is the common denominator here. Let me, let me give you these, Jamie. Matter of fact, I'm going to hold this for a second. I'm going to give you the numbers of all the people that Joe Oliva is paying not to coach at LSU. If there is a poster child for incompetence, it's our boy Joe Oliva. Uh, they're going to have to throw a body on the, on the heap of the funeral pyre of you got to blame somebody. Hopefully it's Joe Oliva because he makes – if you look up incompetence in the dictionary – Joe Oliva is there with a big thumbs up. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Jamie Fox, Tabor, The Edge. This segment brought to you by our friend, Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. And we will be back to bash Joe Oliva more in a moment. <laughs> what want to tell you about my friends at North Monroe Animal Hospital. Specializing in all medical and surgical care for small animals, and even providing a boarding service. My friend, Dr. David Weber, and his staff are always my choice for my animals. It should be yours as well. Located conveniently at 4300 Sterlington Road, which is 165 North, you can reach out to them at 345-4545. That's 345-4545. Tell them you heard it here on 97.7 North Monroe Animal Clinic, the official animal care provider of Terry Waldrop and the Hi, I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. You have got to check out our four-bedroom, three-bath, finished sheetrock double-wide. Same quality you see in a site-built home, but can be bought for only $38 a square foot. Wow, $38 a square foot for a new home? See it today at Greg Tilly's in Bossier City. Washita Valley. 
Making good things happen. You want a credit union that works as hard as you do. You want the very best people looking out for you. Washita Valley, making good things happen. Do you have diabetes? Millions of Americans do. And what they don't know is that even if you have diabetes, you can get up to $500,000 of quality life insurance from top-rated companies with no medical exam at great rates. That's right, no medical exam. Call now, 1-800-254-9567. Or visit us online at fastlife.life. It's FastLife, the revolutionary new way to buy life insurance. It's quick, easy, and fast. And there's no medical exam. Call FastLife today, 1-800-254-9567. Or visit us online at FastLife.life. No matter what your health or wealth, protecting the people you love is important. And for millions of people with diabetes, it's the number one reason for purchasing life insurance. Call now, 1-800-254-9567. Or visit FastLife.life for your free, no obligation quote. Call FastLife 1-800-254-9567 or visit us online at fastlife.life. How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's the edge with Terry Waldrop. And welcome back to Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop. It's Jamie. Fox. Interesting. Last show of No, the first show of 2018. The last, um, the last show for me. You thought LSU was just Fox show. All right. So, look, let, let, me give you, let me give you the numbers here under Joe Oliva's watch, okay? okay. These are, you know, LSU has a pretty big payroll, right? The, yes, the most expensive coordinators in America. Uh, new basketball coach doing well. New baseball, or same baseball coach. LSU in the championship World Series championship uh, series last year losing. But nonetheless, getting there in pulmonary, very high-profile people, right? Uh, let me give you the list of people and the numbers that Joe Oliva is paying not to coach at LSU. Uh, let's start with uh, Cam Cameron mm-hmm. at five hundred seventy-five thousand, still owed five seventy-five. Yep, Les Miles at nine million. Lesticles. Damian Craig at five hundred thousand. Johnny Jones at eight hundred thousand. Oh, no, no, And Canada is going to get three bills, $3 million, not to call plays for LSU. Well, technically, he's not out yet. He's going to be. That's $14 million that Joe Oliva, who's the head of this whole deal, is paying people not to coach at LSU. Oh, by the way, all people that Joe Oliva has either hired or been responsible for their firing. Yeah, so how would you like that? Go into your boss today. It's say, hey, look, I know I've made some mistakes in employment, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to pay people 14 – I'm going to own a construction company. I'm going to work for the construction company, and we're going to pay people $14 million not to build a shopping center. Well, I've got – if I'm Joe Oliva this morning, I have a great – I've just had an uh, epiphany. I've put the LSU Athletic Department 14 mil, or, uh, obligated to $14 million. And counting. Of and, and counting. And counting. Right. This is is the fourteen million prior to Canada or no? This would be with Canada. With Canada. Okay. Wait a minute. Let's say twelve without it. Okay. I'm 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 having my agent contact Roger Goodell and saying, "Hey, I got a guy for you. I got. I need. I'm, how am I going to get this extension and uh, 
lifetime of health insurance for my family and a private plane from LSU. Because Roger Goodell managed to do it with declining revenues and things like that, and all of a sudden, and Jerry Jones is fit to be tied, probably because Jerry Jones is a businessman and sees this as absolutely nonsense, and the LSU Board of Supervisors should see it as well, but they're not. Um, I'm going to take something. I'm going to throw a, another one in the picture that they probably may still be owing some money to. Austin Thomas, yeah. the guy that was, was uh, the head supposedly uh, the player development or football manager. Austin Thomas has left twice for USC. LSU took him back, his kids, make up. Then he came back, and he's from Tennessee, took the Tennessee job. Oops, well, that really wasn't – you really weren't uh, – this job description doesn't fit you. So now he's a free agent. In the meantime, he goes out. This is just supposed to show you what lack of respect people have for Ed Orgeron, which is going to get to your point here shortly, that he's willing to go up to Tennessee, take the number one offensive line recruit that LSU had, and try to get him to flip to Tennessee. He doesn't get the job. He's probably coming back with his head hand, uh, hat in his hand, and Orgeron tells him, sorry. I think Ed Orgeron has reached a point that you're saying, look, either love me or hire me. Or fire me. I'm tired of, I mean, he's feeling like he's being stabbed in the back by Canada, by Austin Thomas, by everybody. Yes. I, I think start, the leverage has changed. He's starting to lash out. I think the leverage with Joe Oliva has changed. Right. I, I do. Because Joe Oliva has been a colossal failure at LSU. How he still has a job, uh, he's got to literally have pres- the pictures of the president of LSU, like in compromising photos with farm animals or something. There's something going on there. But the incompetence that this guy has, has rained down on LSU, uh, he started in December, you know, this, and I'm not going to get political on you, but there was a uh, part of the, the new Trump tax plan. Mm-hmm. It took away some of the charitable donation tax write-offs a loophole. For, for, uh, for, for season ticket holders. And so they're going to lose a couple hundred dollars uh, for a, you know, when you buy season tickets, which are thousands, so a couple hundred bucks you're going to lose on a loophole. And Joel Levin is saying it's the end of the world, it's devastation for us. Well, those same rich people are going to get a bigger tax break and a bigger general deduction. So Joel Levin, literally, I think he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And, and I've been around a lot of people like that. Uh, but he said that, by the way. But, but he spun that. Uh, you got to be kidding. How about the $3 bill, million that you're going to pay Canada? How, you know, and so I think Ed Orchard, and rightfully so, is just – He's tired of being second guessed, and I think he has you know, more leverage now. Yeah, I'm tired of being second. Look, if I fail, I fail, and I don't think anybody has a problem with that. But I'm tired of being henpecked and second guessed and backseat driven by literally Barney Fife. And so I think you're going to see Joe Oliva, surely to God. Is there any? Of course, you got King Alexander that rips the Louisiana legislature every chance he gets. This is an academic elitist, the California guy. Um, people are, it's just, we got the, the, what, the, however many, $50 million or whatever it was, uh, lazy river through LSU. I mean, really in a state with, with L- let me ask you a question, Jamie. Louisiana is not in a good financial state. I think that would be a, perpetually. Is, is that a fair statement? I would say Louisiana is perpetually. Would, would Democrats a- and Republicans both agree with that statement? Louisiana yeah. financially is a state is not in a good situation. Right. And so we're going to spend, how much How much was it for that stupid, lazy river at LSU? Was, was it's right down for my daughter's... Uh, question real quick, though. Was that privately funded or was it state funded? 
I am not was sure. Was that student fees that paid for that? The student fee, Sham. The student fees. Okay, so but eighty-five million dollars. But basically, mom and daddy are taxpayers, so you yeah. Yeah, I'm paying for that. You're paying for that. Yeah, you. you, you but in a time in the state of Louisiana where you have so many issues going on, a eighty-five million dollar swimming pool is the and, and you're justifying. Well, it's a great recreation. Texas has it. And Michigan has it. Texas and Michigan got a little bit better economic base going. And so that's the guys you have making decisions. $85 million swimming pool. Joe Oliva, who literally makes Barney Fife look like Bill Gates, uh, planning-wise. Uh, you got the Canada Orgeron Rift. You're paying half of Louisiana not to coach LSU football. Is there a reason for optimism? Well, I think it both. Uh, I just thought about this as well, Terry. What What is LSU become starting at the very top with Joe Oliva. It's become not a school of, which is why I think about Tom Herman and Jimbo Fisher for a moment. It is not no longer a school of first choice. Joe Oliva bungled. Only LSU can go out and hire a guy that was the point man on the Duke lacrosse case that, that screwed up a lot of kids' lives for a long period of time. What does LSU do? Goes out and hired him. To me, that's a non-qualifier. I would think the way that, that Duke lacrosse case was handled, that would not make Joe Oliva my number one choice for my AD. Number two is you got Ed Orgeron, who is still trying to outrun the debacle at Ole Miss. Number three choice going in. So what have you got there? You've got two people that have had, and I agree in second chances, but to me I could you could almost make the argument that that Ed Orgeron deserves a check at second chance more so than Joe Oliva because at least, you know, at least Orgeron didn't ruin kids' <laughs> lives like Joe Oliva did with the Duke Cross case. Kyle Tyler's got a good so, one. I mean, I think it starts at the top. And, I, you know, I think they need a change in leadership there. It won't happen because – Why not? Well, I mean, what's – Why not? What's another 14? I don't know. What's the buyout on? Oliva's making like under a million. He's making like 950. I mean, that's, it's beginning to sound like chump change. Yeah, he's, now, he's paying 14 times that and, and buyouts to people that he's hired or fired that uh, didn't work out. But <laughs> Tyler is pretty funny. Tyler says, Colorado has legal pot and making millions off that. LSU says, hey, let's build a lazy river and spend taxpayer money on that. Solid plan. Well, maybe we need to legalize it. You know, you know what the best predictor of the future is? Let it all be earmarked for education. You know, you know what the best predictor of the future is? The past. Okay, if you have idiots making decisions over a long period of time, what happens? Idiotic decisions. Uh, and I'm an LSU fan. My daughter goes there. My dad went there. My oldest son loves it. My youngest son is indifferent to the whole thing. Uh, and look, I've been at LSU. And I'm not a hardcore, you know, smack people around when they lose. I mean, I didn't run off the interstate the other day when they lost to Notre Dame. By the way, uh, Richie and I disagree. Richie goes fourth and inches. Chance it, risk the game, or take the three points in the lead. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm telling my personality. I, I'm going for it with Darius Geis. I'm giving him the ball, and we're 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 going to score. We're going we're going to say, you know what? Fourth and an inch. We're winning the football game. What add? I what I, I am. What I think adds to the angst of the LSU faithful, <clears throat> me included, and let's just have an honest conversation with each other. And my good friend Steve Anderson brought this up. When Nick Saban was your head coach, you knew you were going to win. 
just like Alabama fans feel right now, whether you like him or not, and I don't. I do. I don't like him, but I do think he's probably the best coach, you know, or at least top two to three. I think he has better talent. That's better than coaching. Everybody, and that's better coaching, recruiting. However, however way he's been able to spin it all these years and make nine million a year doing it, Nick Saban gives you stability. When he took the LSU job, think about this. He was such a butt that none of those none of those coaches at Michigan State took the plane from East Lansing to Baton Rouge with him. Morris Watts thought about it, who had coached at LSU, and said, no, nah, I'm tired of this guy. He has one thing Nick Saban has done is, I think because he's had so much success now, he's not the ass he was at Michigan State or at LSU. To me, he's probably a lot easier to play for now. He's, I think he's two times worse. Well, I think he's he's comforted. He's you know he's finally comfortable in his own skin to a certain point. Sean points this out. I'm gonna give hey, Sean a hey, talk. You want to hit Nick Saban's soft underbelly? Let Terry Saban because she can turn him every way with loose, and he'll say, "Thank you, ma'am. May I have another?" Hey, that's what more power Terry Saban does it. Uh, Sean texts in. I'm gonna give Sean a topic for his show because I think this will be a good one. Sean texts in. I got a bigger issue with guys not even being in the game on the final possession of the season. I agree, Sean. Here's the topic for your show this afternoon. Whose call was it not to have guys in the game? Was that Matt Canada? Yeah. Or was that Ed Orgeron? Yeah. Yep. Think about that one for a minute. You don't think there's stuff going on? Because you're calling plays based on personnel. Did Orgeron pull guys? Or was that Matt Canada going, you know what? I'm not going to give you that. We're going to do this. Well, we'll give it. And, and we're convinced that, that Orgeron made the call.